Hey, y'all. Real quick before I hit play on this episode of Familypreneur for you, I want to be sure that you know that I have a brand new podcast available for you to check out. It's called Just Marketing, and you can find it on this podcast platform. Go ahead and search for Just Marketing and hit subscribe so you don't miss anything. Then come back here and listen to this episode of Familypreneur. It'll still be here waiting for you. Welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for parent entrepreneurs raising kidpreneurs. It's time for your weekly dose of inspiration and actionable tips to build your business and find better balance, all while strengthening your family. And now we'd like to introduce your host. She's my mom and the bomb.com, Meg Brunson. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 88 of the Familypreneur podcast. Before we meet today's guest, I just want to thank you for choosing to spend a little bit of time with me today. If you are already a subscriber, I appreciate your sticking with me through this journey. I love bringing you fresh new content every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And if you are a new listener, welcome. I hope you will go to your podcasting platform, wherever you are listening right now, and hit that subscribe button. That will ensure that you don't miss another one of our episodes. Of course, you can scroll back and listen to past episodes. We have tons of great interviews, and I've also produced some solo episodes related to both marketing and other familypreneur topics. I know you are super busy, and I hate to ask you to do one more thing, but it would mean the world to me if you would head over to iTunes and give us a review. Reviews are how other listeners know that the podcast is quality, that they're going to get exactly what they want out of our guests and our content. Reviews help us book amazing guests, the people that you want to hear from, and they help let us know that we are on the right track with developing the content that you want to hear. Now, today's guest has been a featured speaker at South by Southwest and the White House, And she writes about independent entrepreneurship for Forbes, Inc., and Fast Company. She's the founder of Meet Edgar, a social media application that provides an effective way of scheduling and organizing content to automate publishing. It's the app that I personally use and recommend to all of my friends and clients. Today, I'm excited to talk about the journey towards establishing her tech company and social media marketing with Laura Roeder. Hey, Laura, thank you for joining us today. Hey, Meg, I'm very excited to be here. Well, I have been a loyal Meet Edgar user for two years now, so I'm really excited to speak with you directly and learn more about what it was like to build the platform and hopefully talk about some social media marketing too. Yes, yes. Thank you for being a customer, and it's always fun to talk to someone. Sometimes if people haven't used Edgar before, I feel like, no, I promise, like, just use it. You'll see how amazing it is. So it's, <laughs> it's nice to talk to someone who knows where I stand. <laughs> and I started with one of your competitors. I was at a place in my business where I wanted to use a free tool because I was trying to bootstrap my business. And it was a tough decision to invest and make the move for a paid tool. But it was so worth it. So we'll dive deep into that too. So as parents and entrepreneurs, one thing that really unites us all is that we're so busy. And we know that social media is important, but it can also be a huge time suck. There are so many different channels, and you want to post so often. 
And I know that Edgar solves this problem for everybody, but can you share the story of where the idea came from and how you actually pulled the business together? Yeah. So I've been in the social media space for as long as it's been around. (laughs) Um, You know, I started out my career creating websites for businesses. And when social media became a thing, my clients would talk to me about how they could use social media. So before I launched Meet Edgar, I was doing social media training and social media consulting. And basically, my aha moment was we all spend so much time creating blog posts and podcasts, you know, this core content that promotes our business. And social media is this amazing channel to spread that content. But uh, it's so common to write a new blog post and send it out once on social media when it first goes live. Maybe you remember to do it a few times that first week. I mean, this was true in 2008. And this is true in 2018, 2019. It's, it's still the same way. It's, and the old tools, the social media tools before Edgar, just made it really hard to make sure that you were always continually showing people your best content. So I had created this manual method that I was doing and I was teaching people how to do, create this giant spreadsheet where you store all your content and go through the spreadsheets. You can share it over and over again and color code what you've shared. Of course, you can't have images on a spreadsheet, so you just forget about the images. And it just really didn't make sense to me that my social media tool wasn't doing this for me. Why was I paying for a social media tool that didn't store this organized library of my updates? Why did I have to do that myself in a spreadsheet? It really didn't make any sense. So That's what really sparked the whole idea for Edgar. Edgar is a tool that stores your content in an organized, color-coded library, and then you can repurpose that content. So you can either send out the exact same update or a variation of your update. Uh, Now we even write updates for you, which is really cool. You can put in a blog post and we automatically pull a few good key snippets so you can have your status update all ready to go. So yeah, Meet Edgar is really for people who are content creators using uh, content marketing to promote their business. And then Edgar handles putting that content on social for you. And you're so right. Those techniques, that spreadsheet technique, I still see it being used today. Yeah. I know somebody (laughs) who still teaches that. And every time I see it, I'm like, but why? (laughs) Like, how much is your time worth that you would rather spend all of that time, not only just putting the spreadsheet together, but then going through the process of executing it and referring to it over and over again, where you've got a tool that's affordable that does it for you. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned that it was, there was a time where you made the leap from a free tool to our paid tool. And I think that's very common um, for our customers. A lot of people when they're first starting on social media, uh, you know, are starting to promote their business on social in a serious way. It's like, okay, well, I'm just going to use a free tool and see how far I can get. But yeah, you know, Meet Edgar costs $49 a month. Um, We do have a code. I'll just mention that now for anyone listening. If you enter podcast in all caps, you can get your first month free. So don't even have to pay anything um, for the first month. And yeah, I mean, it's very... It's very rare that that wouldn't be worth it for someone to pay $49 and have their social media really just done for them um, month in and month out. You know, it's if you're not doing it yourself, you're maybe a lot of people also hire a virtual assistant to help them with this, which, you know, costs a lot more than that. And um, yeah, you know, there's just, especially in the Familypreneur podcast, like, 
would you not rather be either working or spending time with your kids, one or the other? Like surely copying and pasting updates to Twitter is not the thing you want to do most. Right. And for me, I have a VA Mm -hmm. and it's way more expensive to have your VA do social media without Meet Edgar Mm -hmm. than it is to have them help you with your social media with Meet Edgar. So even with a VA, Meet Edgar is a tool that helps keep costs Love. Right. And I love personally that it attaches to your RSS feeds. Mm-hmm. So it automatically pulls in all my podcast episodes, all my blog posts. And then once a week, I go in and approve the posts, edit them, clean them up, get them ready to go. Yeah. And boom, done. It takes minutes mm-hmm. instead of hours. And yeah, that's a good point. Some people like to have that last step of approval. The way I use Edgar, I'm super lazy. So I just have my RSS connected. Edgar just pulls from the RSS, you know, just handles the whole thing for me. And I don't even go in and approve it. So yeah, you can you can do it either way. I think you can set up Edgar to be like super automated and super hands-off. Or if you do want to do, you know, more review for you or someone else on your team, you have that option as well. Yeah. And if you are a social media manager, it's a complete no brainer. Yeah. Because correct me if I'm wrong, but you can have 25 accounts, right? Mm-hmm. You can have 25 accounts, like mix and match, any type. So yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So I know you were pregnant when you launched Meet Edgar. Was it your first pregnancy? Yeah. Yeah. So I have two kids now. So um, Meet Edgar was launched in July 2014, and my son was born in January. 2015. So the company was still, you know, very new uh, when he was born. I mean, it, it's funny, of course, after you have kids, you just think, oh, I had so much time before. <laughs> so much time before I had kids. What did I do with all that time? You know, so I was able to put a good amount of work in, you know, before I had him and, and while I was pregnant, getting it built up. And I did already have, as I mentioned, I did a different business before Meet Edgar. So I did have a small team already in that business. And then we started hiring for Meet Edgar as well. So I did have a small team that could run the business while I was away. And I did take uh, a three-month maternity leave, which you know I think is great for an entrepreneur to be able to be fully off for three months. And then I worked part-time um, until my son was about one. And now uh, my second kid is almost six months and I'm doing a similar thing. I took a three-month leave with her and then I'll be part-time. I'm part-time now, so probably for about a year again. Do you have any tips for the entrepreneurs out there who are expecting and would like to do the same thing, take a maternity leave like that? Honestly, I've never been in that situation myself. I've never been a full-time entrepreneur and pregnant. Yeah, I mean, it really depends on your business, right? So I think one of the most important things to say is don't don't compare yourself to anyone else, right? Everyone's situation is different. Some people's businesses are more established. Everyone's in a different financial situation, life situation. So, you know, something's going to have to happen. Either someone else has to be doing the work for your business, or maybe you're in a business that you can pause for a while, which is another great option, especially if you're in sort of a client-facing business or a service business. You can absolutely tell your clients, we're going to take a little break for a while. You know, I'm going on leave. Um, Of course, then you, of course, the income isn't going to be there. And that's just something that you have to know and you have to plan for. So what I decided to do for me, since I did have that team in place, is just kind of set the, the pace for what was going to happen while I was on leave, sort of the general strategy of what the team was going to do. Um, and then I left it alone. You know, I wanted to be able to have that time just to focus on the baby and being a new mom and not stress about it. So I was totally out of the business, which 
I know not everyone can do and not everyone wants to do. I think some people find that more stressful, (laughs) you know, to kind of not be checking in. And it's all good, you know, whether you're someone who wants to work more or less, I think the best thing to do is give yourself the space to work less because you can always go in and do more, right? You don't want to set up expectations with your team or your clients that you're going to be working full time right after you have a baby, right? That's going to be really challenging, basically impossible. And of course, you just never know if, you know, you're going to have to have a C-section and you have more recovery time or if your child might have health problems. We just, we just don't know what's going to happen. So the more time you can plan and set that expectation to be off, you can always come back and, and do more. But it's a little, a little more challenging to come do less than you promised people. Although you can. The world is not going to end if you told everyone you were going to work a lot and then you don't. <laughs> it's okay. It's kind of like being sick. Like that to compare pregnancy to illness. But right. like last week I lost my voice and it's for a week. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I don't have a voice and life goes on. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's another important thing to point out. I think. I don't know if this happens as moms, especially, I think we get really worried about being professional. And sometimes we feel like we have to hide our family or or hide our, our motherhood. And first of all, having, having kids is not rare. (laughs) You know, most, most people have kids, people understand. And I find that people are really, really understanding about it. You know, I think it can be, if you're doing a call and your kid starts crying in the background, it can be really stressful and really embarrassing for you. But if you're like, you know what, you probably hear that baby crying, like, but someone's taking care of them. It's okay. Or, you know what, I'm going to need to call you back in five minutes it's fine. Like it really, it's never seemed like a big deal to the other person that I'm talking to. So also just give yourself the space not to stress about that. Yes. I think that is such an important message. It takes time, but eventually we all come around to it because I went through that same transition Mm. of how will I be successful working out of my house with toys in the background and messes and the door may be closed, but sometimes kids bust in. Right. But after a little bit, you get comfortable and you get used to it and it works. Yeah. And I think it's great to have podcasts like this one that are kind of setting the tone for a new model and a new way to work. Because the reason that we feel weird about it is because we have this idea in our head that work means you sit at an office and here's what an office looks like. And there's no children there. And here are the hours that you work. And here's how you dress when you go to an office. And that's, you know, that's not how a lot of us are working anymore. And I think it's important to talk about that. And it's important to see that and say, there's so many ways to be successful. And it's to me something very admirable and something that I consider very successful to be able to work on your own terms and work where you want to and be able to spend the time with with family that you want to. So going back to your launch with Edgar, did you ever have any doubts about timing? Mm -hmm. I feel like I would have overthought that Mm -hmm. and probably told myself that I would wait until after the baby to launch it. So what made you pull the trigger during your pregnancy? And especially during your first pregnancy. Right. But uh, you also don't know what you're in for. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So I think that's part of it is like, you just have no, you have no idea what it's going to be. <laughs> to be. You don't know how hard it is, right? Is the truth. And I really didn't 
you know, be it good or bad, I really never considered changing the timing because the way I thought of it was just like, okay, there's, you know, there's two, I've always known that I wanted to have kids and now it's happening. I had been an entrepreneur for a long time before I had my first kid. I guess at that point I'd already been an entrepreneur for, you know, six or seven years or so full time. So it's like, okay, I know that I work for myself. I know that I'm someone who has kids. Why would those things conflict? I mean, obviously those things have to, you can't just go full speed ahead on both of them. Like there's only so many hours in a day, but they're certainly not mutually exclusive. So it's like, I'm an entrepreneur. And if I have kids, obviously I'm going to be pregnant. Sometimes I'm going to be having a newborn. Sometimes that's, that's how it goes. So I really didn't consider uh, changing the timing. And I mean, for me, it, you know, it worked out, it worked out great. So what are your tips for work-life balance? Obviously, it'll look a little bit different to everybody, but what works for you? So what works for me personally is definitely not trying to do two things at once. You know, that was a big lesson I learned with my first baby that I've now taken to my second. I know some people, like there are some people that work for my company and they just have like the baby and the carrier and they're like typing away and they can totally do both. I just, I found it really stressful to be doing any kind of childcare while I was working. Even when my kid was napping, I would think like, okay, he's taking a nap. I'm going to have an hour to work. Uh, Of course they never sleep. Even if they sleep an hour every other time, like if you start something, they're not, (laughs) they're not going to sleep an hour. It's just not going to happen. And so I found myself, I'm in the middle of something. He's woken up early. Now I feel really frustrated with him for waking up. And it's like, that's not a good feeling to feel angry at your three-month-old baby for like waking up at the wrong time, right? That's not... Well, it's not the first time we've heard that. It's totally normal. <laughs> okay, good, good. So yeah, I found for me that I really needed clear childcare while I was working. So that can mean my husband, that can mean a nanny. Um, you know, obviously some people do daycare. For us, we did either my husband or nanny. But yeah, for us, it works really well to have just like a really clear schedule of these are my hours that I'm going to be working. And during those hours, I am not in charge of the baby in any way. Someone else is in charge. And how old are your kids again? I know you said the youngest was six months old, but how old is your oldest? He'll He's almost four. I guess he'll be four by the time this airs. Okay, so he's still young, but has he expressed any interest in entrepreneurship or does he help you out at all in the business? Does he understand that you're this big powerhouse CEO? No, (laughs) no, absolutely not. I mean, the only thing he knows about it because Edgar, we have like a cute character, an octopus. And so, of course, I have like the hoodie and the sticker and stuff with the character. So he knows that that octopus is called Edgar. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but so he'll like talk about he'll see Edgar around the house. Uh, but he definitely doesn't know that it's a business. You know, sometimes we if we ask him like what mommy does for work, he just like I've told him like I'm the boss is <laughs> what I do. <laughs> so sometimes he'll say that or he's usually just like, I don't know. But yeah, he doesn't have any concept of it yet. And you know, kids only know what's normal to them. So he doesn't know how flexible our schedules are or how much we're home or whatever because he doesn't have another another family to compare it to. My husband and I actually talk about that all the time because we're both home and our kids go to traditional school and I don't think they have any concept of how different our family is from everyone else's. They don't know how common it is for, you know, daddy to be at work all the time and so many kids, yeah, don't get to see much of, of one of their parents. So, uh, you know, it's. I think he's had a great a great experience. And I hope that he's interested in entrepreneurship. 
when he's older. My husband actually tells me, he'll be like, Laura, he doesn't have to be an entrepreneur. You know, don't, <laughs> don't force it on him. Don't tell him that's the only way. And I'm like, I won't. But then I'm like, but it is the only way. <laughs> Well, I always joke around. I say, you know, I'm not a Little League fan. I don't play softball or baseball. But I love business. And so on the weekends, I am their business coach. (laughs) So all of my kids dabble in some entrepreneurial things. Even my youngest, who's three, does some voiceover work for my podcast. Yeah. And all the kids are working on their own podcast. So I wasn't sure if you had gone there yet with your kids, but maybe soon. No, I haven't. I haven't yet. We'll see. You know, we'll see if he shows an interest, I think. Yeah. So I'd love to shift the gears, if you don't mind, and go back to social media. So Mm -hmm. I love talking about social media, and I have a feeling you're going to love talking about it, too. So when it comes to organic social media, I would love to hear your best tips for somebody who's just starting out, maybe, you know, still under 100 fans or so, Mm -hmm. on how to grow your social media presence. Yeah. So, you know, the way I think of it is there's kind of two core parts. There's the more static posting part, and then there's the engagement part of social media. So what I just said about uh, distributing content, repurposing content, making sure you're going back to your old content and still sending it out, you know, Edgar does it for you automatically, but whether or not you want to do the old spreadsheet or you have another method or use Edgar or whatever, that is still a really important concept. Uh, Every link is a way for people to discover you. And something we found through our Edgar customers is just the more you post, the more you're giving people those discovery opportunities. Because that's something that we hear a lot from our customers. People are like, oh my God, I started using Edgar and you know, it's 5x my traffic from social media. I'm like, let me guess. Do you post five more times than you used to? Because now, you know, the tool is doing it for you, right? It's just, it's just common sense that if we link to stuff more, we're going to get more clicks because we have just more opportunities, right? So you need to get that handled in an organized way that you are making sure to constantly share that valuable content, tell people who you are, tell people what you do, you know, tell people what your business sells. I, I see people that are so afraid of quote unquote being pushy, you know, being too salesy on social media that like people don't even know what you sell or what you offer. So make sure to mix that in as well. So that's sort of like a flywheel that you need to have going. And then the other part is the engagement. So this is a part that really changes it that I've seen change over the years Basically, it's whatever the social networks are preferring that you do on them to show people more your posts. Basically, they all have stuff that they want you to do. And when you do that stuff, they're going to show people your account more. So right now, unfortunately for entrepreneurs, honestly, it's live. Like they're really on Instagram, it's stories, right? Facebook wants you to do live on Facebook um, and it all adds up. So when you do more of the live stuff that they want you to do, they're going to show more of all types of posts that you have. I I do want to add the caveat that it can be really stressful and much too time consuming to try to chase every algorithm trend, you know, to try to keep up with what Facebook wants you to do this week, because it does change a lot. So I would say don't let it be an obsession. You know, if you read, like, just read the Edgar blog, because we have you covered, like, read the Edgar blog, like just scan the headlines every month or so you don't have to read the entire post. And that'll help you stay sort of up to date on what the social networks want you to do. Um, But 
the reason that I'm such a big fan of using Edgar to automate that, what I think of as sort of the bread and butter content is that gives you time to do the live stuff, right? Because stuff like making stories for Instagram or going on Instagram live or like recording a video, it's super time consuming. There's just, there's no two ways around it. You do not have time to do that. And like, remember to post, find new status updates six times a day, every day. You you like, you just don't, it's just not going to happen. So let a tool, let Edgar handle making sure you have that content going out every day so that you have time like to do the live once a week or whatever that looks like for you. And that is exactly how I use it for the evergreen stuff. And I want to mention too, because it hasn't come up yet, that you can set expiration dates. Right. So you can set up expiration dates and categories with posts that all have the same expiration dates. Mm. And I do that a lot with like summer focused content. So it's evergreen, but only for a couple of months. You just set those expiration dates. And then it's really easy at the next mm-hmm. season to just go back and change all those dates. And you talked also about having promotional content. Yeah. And I have promotional content folders so that I can control how frequently the promotional content gets set out as opposed to other types of content. So Edgar sets up all that stuff for me. Yeah. And then my time on the actual platform is spent engaging and interacting and going live and just kind of sharing things I find on the fly. Stuff like that is so important and it it's really quick to do. And again, that's why I think you should be very, we only have limited time. So, you know, I always say let software do what software can do so that you can do what only you can do. So software is great at sending out status updates, right? No one knows or cares if your Facebook update was typed in on your phone or typed in on your computer or this tool sent it or that tool sent it. Like all that matters is the end product, the content of the update. Um, software is great at that. What software is terrible at is forming relationships with other humans, right? Like there's someone in your audience that comments a lot and you notice them and you're like, oh, it's you again. And I know who you are and I have context about you, right? Or obviously recording uh, a podcast (laughs) or recording a live video, software cannot do that for you. So anything that you can automate, you should automate and then you can really spend your time yeah, doing that you know, whether it's content creation or um, relationship building, yeah, sharing other people's content, all that stuff is really important. I would love to know what your official response and answer is to the people who question using a third-party tool because they've heard that you'll get more reach Mm. by posting organically to Facebook. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, as you can guess, it's something that we do get asked a lot, um, it's really interesting. So obviously it's something that we're really interested in the research on. And there have been a few companies that have done like more in-depth studies tracking it. Uh, no one's actually ever been able to find a consistent trend around it. And what a lot of people don't know about Facebook is that there isn't even just one Facebook algorithm. It depends on the type of page you have. I mean, they literally change it daily. So um, one, it's just, it's definitely not accurate to say all posts, you know, posted by tools do worse than posts that you that you type in live. Um, but you know, some people notice anecdotally that like, that seems to be true on their page. So if that's something that you've noticed, what I would say is you kind of have to look at the which is getting you more traffic and a better end result, right? So if you are posting by hand, and it's reaching 10 people, but you only have time to do it once a week, 
And if you're posting with a tool and those posts are only reaching five people, but the tool does it 20 times a week, like which one gets you more traffic in the end? Um, so I think you just have to be realistic about your own schedule. Like even if it was true that everything did better when you put it in by hand, do you have time to do that? Also, if you do have time to do that, is that really the highest ROI on your time? Like I would guess not. I would guess you have better things to do in your business. So I think it's just, it's easy to like, honestly, it's easy to kind of use that as an excuse if you're nervous about social media to be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't use tools because it's not going to show, like try it out. You know what I mean? Like nothing is permanent. If you're worried about using a tool, try a tool for a month. Like look at your numbers. This is what's so cool. We have detailed stats. You can see likes, engagement, and more importantly, you can see traffic. If you're posting links to your site, right? That's what matters, right? Is it really driving people to your site? And it goes back to like, what is Facebook like? Does Facebook want you to never log into Facebook and never open your page? Obviously not. They obviously don't want that. So that's why even if you're using a tool, you do want to go to your page and do the engagement stuff, right? You're going to facebook.com and doing the sharing and the commenting and the likes and all that stuff to show Facebook you haven't left them entirely. So it's like, yes, they do want you on there and maybe you're typing in a few live status updates too, but we have not seen it to be true at all with our customers that they get worse results after they start using a tool. Um, They get better results. And I am with you there too. I have looked at the analytics. I manage accounts from multiple clients and I've looked at their analytics and we've seen consistent increases in reach and engagement. So I definitely think it's people who try to set it and forget it, you know, who don't sign back on to the Facebook platform. Right. They're the ones that aren't seeing the reach and engagement because they're not using it the right way. Yes. You really have to get back in there and continue engaging. And what I've done is determined what times I'm most likely to be able to get in there and engage organically. And then I schedule my Edgar posts Mm -hmm. around those times. So if I'm always available at noon, I don't schedule anything to Mm -hmm. publish from Edgar between 11 and 1 because I'm going to be in there at noon engaging and posting. And that way I'm not competing with myself when I'm online in real life Mm -hmm. versus Edgar. Yeah, I think I think that makes a lot of sense. And you know, the tools do give you data around the time of day that um, your content is getting the most exposure, which is really cool. I guess the only thing I would add is that that is an advanced tactic for sure. So I just don't want anyone listening to think, oh, you know, I can't do social media unless I have the schedule of like the times a day because that's the type of thing I just you know, people get hung up on that stuff so much. Like, oh, I can't post to social until I take the time to do the research for the best time of day. So it's just like, get it going and you can always improve it, right? Like just post anytime, (laughs) anything. You can go in later. You can keep improving your schedule. You can keep improving your time. So, I mean, you know, you ask for advice for beginners. Like that is the most important advice is just do it. Just get it done however you can. And I should clarify that when I said best time of day, I meant like for me, like based on my schedule. For me, noon is really easy because my daughter is eating lunch and I have some spare time that I can, you know, get online and engage. But like three o'clock is the worst time. So at three o'clock, I let Edgar handle the posting because that's when my kids are getting home from school and things are hectic. Yeah, yeah. I misunderstood that. So definitely a more basic approach. Um, Talking about best practices for me as a person 
and not best practices according to social media. Well, and but that's good. Like, I like because remember you said it, and I was like, oh, that's an advanced strategy. <laughs> so I think I think it's good that it's more basic. And yeah, it also shows it's a great example of like bringing together software and you, right? Like, okay, here's what's best for me for my time. I'll let the software do the other times when yeah, I'm busy because I'm picking up my kids from school. Well, Laura, this has been absolutely amazing. So much fun. I know you mentioned offering a free month of Meet Edgar, which is amazing. Can you remind me of what the code was? Was it podcast singular or podcasts plural? Uh, Podcast singular. Uh, So yeah, it's podcast in all caps. So yeah, if you go to meetedgar.com, you know, go through our checkout process, you'll see a place for a coupon code and you just type in podcast in all caps. And that lets us know that you came from a podcast and you will get your first month free. Which I totally encourage everybody to to try out. There's no risk there, and you can save some time this month. Yes, you got you got nothing to lose. And you know, I want to mention too that we have an amazing customer service team of real humans that are very responsive and very knowledgeable about social media. So if you use the coupon code and then you decide you want to cancel, we're not going to be like, um, can you fax us your <laughs> cancel? Like just email. It's super easy. We'll take care of it for you. Um, and it also, if you want any help on your social media strategy, if you have any questions, like not only about the tool, but just about best practices, we are, love helping people with those types of questions. That's amazing that you offer that as well. Now, is there anywhere else that our listeners can learn more about you? And meet Edgar. MeetEdgar.com is the best. Uh, you can also find my personal Twitter at LKR. Well, thank you so much. This has really been such a pleasure, and I'm glad that we had the opportunity to connect. Thank you. You can find all of the links mentioned in this week's episode and the show notes at MegBrunson.com slash 88. If you are still listening and you have not subscribed, it is time to hit the subscribe button. We will be back with more unique content on Fridays, Mondays, and Wednesdays. I know that seems a little backwards, but today's Wednesday, so I felt like I should start with Friday. Um, We produce content Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for parent entrepreneurs raising entrepreneurial kids. If you have any questions about social media, another great place to connect is the Familypreneur community. It's our free Facebook group, and you can access that group at familypreneurcommunity.com. I would love to meet you. Until next time, I hope you have a great day, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Bye. Bye. Till next week.